Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Now, have you have you got drenched today slash got a bit of a tan on your face at the same time? Because what the hell is going on with the weather? Honestly, I don't know. I'm actually sat here in my dressing gown and I have to leave <laughs> the house like straight after we finish recording. But there was no point in me putting an outfit on because by the time we finish recording, the weather might be like 10 degrees hotter or pissing down with rain or <laughs> so I can decide. So I thought I won't commit. I won't commit until the last minute. <laughs> I've checked the weather for, I mean, I know this weather, weather the chat to start a podcast is yeah, absolutely riveting but you need sunglasses and you need your brollies this week yeah. and then we'll, we'll move on how was your weekend it was okay but do you know what oh my god you know was it this time last year that you had knits in your house oh my god do you remember we actually moved house and the knits came with us in the knits yeah they, they traveled they came yeah. in the removal van well we haven't got knits but i think we've got worms <gasps> Oh. oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing. No, it is it is funny. It is actually really funny. I went out with some mums like last Friday or something, and they were saying, Oh gosh, has Axel got worms? And I was like, No, I don't think so. And they said that they had to look in their child's bum for worms. Yeah, of course you do. Told them to. Yeah. And I was like, I think we'll just take the medication. Like, <laughs> I think I won't I'll skip that step. Anyway, last night, 3 a.m., Axel came running into <laughs> into um our room and he was like, My bum itchy no 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 and you have to wash the sheets every bloody day yeah of course you do and it's they are so like I don't know if the word is contagious but as in they just they 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 pass on really 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 quickly so you need to be (laughs) super on that and also things like sofa I mean I don't want to go into it here's an exclusive I kept getting worms when I was a kid I used to get them all the time right and it's because at school they're kind of like holding hands and then maybe not washing their hands properly and then holding hands with each other and then and it's just like of course everybody's going to get it and back in the day the worming medicine I don't know if yeah. anybody remembers this. Obviously, I'm going to be 40 next year. It was like this pink medicine. It tastes. No, like I remember medicine. it. I remember it, and we all had to take it. The whole the whole family has to take it. But it's like it was like every time I tried to swallow, it, I was like, oh god. oh god. Okay, good luck. <laughs> so that's a nice start to the week, isn't it? Wonderful. We're all going to get dewormed. Fantastic. <laughs> oh god, these are the things that people don't tell you when you become a parent. I know. I know. But how was your weekend anyway? 
Yeah, it was fine. It was quite chilled. I took a personal day on Saturday. I just felt like I needed some time with Dozer and the kids. And yeah. we went out into nature. We went to Alice Holt, which is amazing. If you do live in like the Surrey area, it's incredible. Lovely forest. You can take the bikes up there. We did the Gruffalo Trail. And it's just, yeah, it's our little piece of peace. Um, oh. So we just went there, drunk coffee, walked around, ran up hills. Um, and we had an amazing day. So I really needed to do that. And then I've just been working the last couple of days. So a bit of work, bit of fun. It was, it was really nice. Nice, very nice. And I'm excited about this podcast because oh, you and I are such Married at First Sight fans, aren't we? We really are. In fact, I actually sneakily caught up away from James on Friday night when he wasn't here because I just couldn't wait any longer. Um, you know that's called box set cheating. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's like oh, a thing. Gosh. Like people can split up for that. You need to be really careful not to. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so I've I've been I've been what do you say? In- box infidel. What'd you say? You've been. <laughs> I've been cheating. Oh, I've got a confession. Jace um, <laughs> comes home tonight. I'm oh, really sorry. I need to speak to you. Yeah. I really speak- uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. I, I. Everyone keep that quiet. Don't tell Judgy James. Yeah, but it's fine because this is one of those shows that you literally have to find out what's going on in the next episode. And yeah. I'm sorry, but all the rules, the relationship rules on box set cheating, it goes They've out the window. Gone. Right. Out the window. Hottest show around at the moment. So Georgia and I thought. Who is the person that we want on the podcast to dish the dirt, give us some confidence advice, give us some relationship advice? None other than Melanie Schilling. Yay! Let's get into it. I've got a strong feeling deep inside my bones that I'm going to love chatting to this amazing woman today. I, I can guarantee there's going to be lots of references to barbecues, brides. Oh no, brides South African. We're just going to go hard on all the Aussie references. Um, one of the stars, I mean, we can call her that. She's not actually on the show, uh, Married at First Sight, but she's one of the judges of Married at First Sight, which is smashing all the records here in the UK. She's got one going on in Australia that she's filming. The woman never stops. Confidence coach. It's Mel Schilling. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What a delight. And I actually spotted that you have got a glass of wine in hand. So you're definitely well. You might be on UK time, Mm -hmm. but I'm guessing you're not on UK time. I'm on Sydney time. (laughs) (laughs) So it's Friday night in Sydney and it's Friday morning in the UK as we're recording. So tea for you, ladies, wine for me. (laughs) I've got mine right here. Although, to be fair, I only stopped drinking wine at about 2 a.m. It was my heart summer party last night. And I was like, every hour that went by, I was like, I'm going to go home now. I'm going to go home now. I'm going to go home now. And then just didn't. And then I was like, oh, no, it's one o'clock. I have to get a taxi. Oh, yeah. One of those ones. You're doing well. You're looking fresh, though. So, Mel, are you in lockdown at the moment in Sydney? Oh, yes. We sure are. We sure are. I mean, it's not as bad as Melbourne. Melbourne, which is actually my hometown, has just ticked over yesterday to break the world record of it is the city with the longest lockdown on the planet throughout the whole of COVID. Oh, my God. How long? For Melbourne. Um, I've, I've lost track of how many days it is. It's probably close to 300 now, I'd say. Um, and on the same day, there was an earthquake in the city, never before. And riots. People are rioting in the streets. And that's where your husband and daughter are at the moment. They are. They are. Yeah. So we all returned from the UK five weeks ago and I had to come straight to Sydney for filming and they've gone straight to Melbourne. So I haven't haven't seen them. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. And when you talk about lockdowns, what are the what are the do's and don'ts? Are you where we were 
you know, earlier on in the year in terms of going out? And yeah. Stuff? Yeah. So at the moment I can go out once a day for exercise for an hour. Um, it's all masked. I've got to wear the masks. Um, there's no curfews in place at the moment, but um, all cafes, restaurants, gyms, salons are closed. You can just go to the supermarkets. Some some cafes are selling coffees, um, takeaway, but that's it. Oh, my God. Do you know what I was seeing on Instagram? Because one of my friends, Shannon, um, he's a Barry's Boot Camp instructor, and he was like, I'm getting out of here before the winter comes in the UK, and I'm going back to Sydney. And he was having this wild time on his Instagram, and I kept seeing him in, like, he's this beautiful gay man, and he was in, like, vests. And I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. And then suddenly it all, it all switched, didn't it? So that must have been a really hard adjustment because you were completely open for a long time, weren't you? Yeah, Sydney was. Sydney Sydney had a much freer time than Melbourne. We were locked down for the majority of the time and so jealous of Sydney because they had this freedom. And then things flipped and now we're both in lockdown. And of course, the borders are closed between the states. So I can't fly home and then fly <sighs> back to film. Oh, and how oh, is no. that? How How is that for you, you know, your, your husband and your daughter? Do you know what? This is this is the second time. So I'm trying to put my big girl pants on and go, okay, learn some lessons from last year. Last year, this time, we were separated for three months for the same reason. So I was in Sydney filming because of COVID, everything was locked down and they were in Melbourne for three months, we were apart. And to be fair, Maddie was a little bit younger. So she was kind of the at that five and a half mark then. And not great on the FaceTime, so she'd forget I was there. She'd put it down and go off and do something else or get distracted or bored. And so I wasn't getting that 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 hit, you know, that fix of mummy-daughter yeah. time. I wasn't getting that, that real connection with her. Mm. But a year later now, we have the most adorable time on FaceTime. We play. She initiates it all. The other day we were on for about half an hour and we were just dogs the whole time, barking at each other mummy dog baby pup and that's who we were and we just played and she builds cubbies and takes me into her cubby house and she says mummy you're right here mummy you're very small so you can sit there because of course I'm the phone and it's just beautiful so that's a real plus that you know we are getting proper connecting every single day so I I don't have such a heavy heart as I did last Mm. year I mean don't get me wrong it's still bloody hard it really is. It really is. But what I've noticed is last year when I was in this situation and I'd go out for a walk and I'd see other mums and daughters, I would hate it. I, I wanted to either mm. kidnap the child or punch the mother. Um, whereas now it's totally different. I was out walking this morning and I saw some little girls and I just felt so happy. I just felt really uplifted and just genuine joy. So I think that's the difference. You know, I, I you know, I, and what I've realised too is what I did last year to cope is I think I found a way to switch off my mothering instinct. I know that sounds awful. I don't know if that's something other women can relate to, but it was like a survival tactic. I I knew that I I couldn't afford to let myself yearn, you know, for that. Yeah. 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 I I couldn't let myself and I switched it off and it was not intentionally, but just on reflection I realised that's what I did, whereas this year I haven't. So I'm still allowing it, which means, you know, I I experience the grief and, and yearning, but I know that I can connect with her anytime during the day. You know, she's in lockdown too, so she doesn't go to school. She's doing homeschooling, so she's literally available whenever I need a fix. <laughs> and I, I'm feeling much more functional 
as a person, yeah. I've got to say. Uh, that's really good to hear because there is nothing worse than that. And that yearning and that that pull, it's so intense between a, a parent and a child that it's almost so overwhelming that you can't function, I guess, when, yeah. you've, got, when you've got to. So that's, that's good to hear. Um, Mel, tell us about um, confidence coaching and exactly what it is. And, and then we'll move on to Married at First Sight, our favourite show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of just naturally emerged into this this role of confidence coach. I mean, I was a psychologist for 20 years, so that's right, my background. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was very much working with, um, working in the corporate side of things, doing loads of coaching and group work. And I love I love group work and because I've always been a performer for me, getting up on stage, whether it's running workshops or delivering keynotes or whatever it is, that's that's where I get my buzz, um, which is what, you know, ultimately has, has drawn me to, to TV and media as well. But back then, that was a lot of what I was doing. And I found that every topic that I covered with a group or with an individual or even a couple came back to self-esteem, self-efficacy, you know, self-worth, self-belief, all of the things that, that fall under the umbrella of confidence. And I realised that this C word is actually something that comes very naturally to me. I have the fortunate position that I think I'm genetically predisposed to have a, a good level of confidence. So I had that really good start. And what that's meant is, you know, from a really young age, I've, I've, I felt very comfortable extending my comfort zone and taking risks and putting myself out there and, you know, risking rejection and humiliation. And I've had loads of that. Don't get me wrong. I've definitely had that and I've made loads of mistakes. But I just keep keep doing it because I'm driven for the end goal, you know, and, and yeah. that has allowed me to to really achieve a lot of what I've wanted to achieve. That's incredible. And so you mentioned like, I guess, self-esteem and confidence, and that comes into a, a lot of stuff. Do you think that comes into, you know, when you see, you know, couples coming to you, do you think, do you think there's a lot of sort of relationships break down because of you know, people having low self-esteem. I think we we see it, especially after women have babies, they feel like low on confidence and then perhaps the relationship breaks down. And how, how do you kind of overcome that sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. And there's so many layers there, aren't there? And let's maybe just take one, which is our relationship with our bodies. So our, our, our body image, our, our body concept. Oh, how does that change after having a baby? I mean, wow, our whole this this vessel that carries us through earth <laughs> changes completely and so our relationship with what we look like in the mirror and what that means for us and how we talk to ourselves the stories we tell ourselves about who we are what we deserve what our place is in society completely changes and you know i don't know about about you girls but when i was in that sort of early newborn phase oh I didn't know which way I was up, let alone, you know, who I was or what that meant for me. And, you know, I was very late to the, the motherhood game. And so for me, I'd spent years, decades pouring my energy into myself and my career and, you know, all of these independent pursuits. And then all of a sudden, my needs didn't matter. <laughs> wow, where do I start with that? So, you know, I, I see that a lot with women with, you know, going through, you know, that transition into motherhood and, um, Re unlearning and then relearning to have a different relationship with our bodies. Um, and, of course, it doesn't help when, you know, you get a Kardashian 
coming out and going, oh, I had my baby five minutes ago and oops, the weight's gone, you know. Oh, boom. what, the bounce back? The bounce the back. The snap back. <laughs> yes. I, I just as a quick aside on that, I, I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about um, the Spice Girls and because it's a 25-year anniversary yeah. now. Yeah. And did you hear about this when um, Posh Spice went on, what, what's his name, the talk show guy in the UK, 80s kind of name. Anyway, it'll come to me. And she'd had her baby, I think, six weeks prior and she was there and he said to her how are you going with your baby weight losing your baby weight she said I'm doing okay he goes okay get on the scales so on national television he weighed her to see if she had actually gotten back to her pre-baby weight and she said oh Oh, you did this to Jerry too okay I'll do it so she did it oh my god it just would not happen today but no it wouldn't happen now it would so degrading it wouldn't. It's so humiliating, so degrading. The fact that it's a man, ta- oh, it, it's just, it's got the ick factor on every level. Right, Ooh. but there is still something about that moment where you think now, us three having a conversation, that we would go, I'm not doing that. And yeah. and absolutely, that's what we would want to do. But I think there is still something in us which goes, okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll get on the scales. And you're almost Even like bamboozled. Even if everything inside, it, it, yeah. every, everything inside is going, no, 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 no don't no. do it. But you almost feel like, oh, yeah, okay, I will. Like, yes. Yeah, it's really weird. And that's obviously to do with the language that we've grown up around, the stuff that we've seen on the telly, the adverts, you know, the media, everything, everything around us and the conversations between, you know, various people maybe in our lives or what we watch on the telly. Yeah, I find it really strange. It's like a predisposed opinion that is forced down our next well it's the way that little girls are socialized you know we're taught to be good girls to please others and to do the right thing so when we're asked particularly by a man and particularly if he's in an authority role and you know add the extra factor of you know a live audience and cameras watching the performance pressure on her would have been immense and you know her natural tendency would be to just do as she's told yeah I do believe yeah. it's different now. Mel, you mentioned, you. I think I read somewhere, you described yourself as a late bloomer. So you met your husband mm-hmm. when you was 40, was it? Did mm-hmm, you think mm-hmm. that that, you know, marriage and children wasn't like, wasn't going to be for you? Or was it something you always knew that would happen? No, no, I didn't. I very clearly told the world and myself uh, that I would never be a parent. It wasn't for me. Um, And it's funny because all this time throughout my 30s, I had one girlfriend who would constantly challenge me on it. And I thought she was just so annoying, you know. I'd say, Uh, I'm just a single girl, I'll never have a baby. And she'd always say, yeah, but Mel, if you really thought about it, you know, because she saw my kind of maternal instinct, even though I was trying to pretend it wasn't there, trying to be all tough, you know, I was the tough Mm. one. Protecting (laughs) yourself, protecting yourself. Totally, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, And it wasn't until... You know, I met met Gareth on eHarmony, fell in love, got into a serious relationship and then it was like, oh, we're 40, Um, everything's changing. My whole mindset around being a mum is different because I've got this wonderful man by my side and together we want to create this family. It all changed. Mm. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And when you met him, because I'm sure people ask you a lot of questions like this, did you know, like, do you believe in the, do you believe in the Big Bang? Do you believe in that moment where your eyes locked and you thought, oh, this is the man for me? Or was it more of a slow, slow burner? It, it was a slow burn. And, and the reason it was, was because we lived, he's from, he's from Belfast, he's from Northern Ireland, but he was in Australia at the time. He was in South Australia and I was in Victoria. So we're in different states. Um, and so what that meant is we couldn't just see each other. So it was about six weeks of just texting and emailing and just connecting, you know, via the written word before we actually physically met. I tried to have one phone call with him, but his accent was so strong, I couldn't understand a word he said. I had to hang up. I was like, oh, this is too embarrassing. I can't even communicate with this person. That's amazing. Yeah, couldn't understand a word. So eventually he came over to Melbourne and it was six weeks later. And so by this oh, yeah. point, we'd really connected, well, intellectually, which was the big missing piece for me. All of the guys that I had been dating were, you know, well, firstly, they, they were commitment phobes or, you know, they were Peter Pans or Himbos or just did not have what I needed. And, and I was self-sabotaging and I know that. I was, you know, setting myself up for failure by choosing these guys who weren't really available. But when I finally thought, okay, I'm actually serious about it now, um, and we started texting and, and emailing, I, I realised that, oh, I can actually have amazing debate with this guy. I can bounce ideas off him and, and you know, we can really have that intellectual sparring, which is so sexy to me, and I'd never had that in my life. And so by the time we met, you know, there was a really solid foundation there yeah I think it's really interesting and I, I want to pick up on that point about how you were going for the the guys that were the unavailable ones and I think actually that happens a lot you must hear that a lot but like especially yeah. in my past I don't know George has been with her husband since she was 17 so that's I don't know <gasps> wow. what I don't know what was before I don't know what was before James <laughs> um, but I think we're, we're, we're almost we almost just go oh look, I'm just going to keep going for the same person and keep going for the same person but I'm going to expect a different result because I'm going to be able to change them. But it's like, yeah. no, no, if you go A, B, you're going to get to C. And then suddenly yeah, it was like right. a light bulb moment for me where I just went, oh, my God, why am I going for these absolute assholes? Um, and then suddenly Dozer appeared. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's the, he's the uh, person. I get it. I get it. It's amazing, isn't it? Right, yeah. I think I might have dated some of the same people you did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very familiar. <laughs> and were you both on the same page when it came to like, right, okay, we're in our 40s you know there's a lot changing we need if we're going to have a family we've got to do it sooner rather than later not at all <laughs> in fact oh. we did this dance I, I know this is yeah. an audio medium and no one can see what I'm doing with my hands but um if I can try to explain it there, there'd be a, a let's say it was January and I'd be ready for a baby and he wouldn't then maybe it's May and he'd be ready but I wouldn't and so on and so forth and we just did this sort of seesaw dance for Oh, months and months and months. But but then at one point, it all just clicked in and we were both at the same point at the same time. And we went, okay, this is, this is it. Let's do it. So I went off the pill and I reckon I was pregnant within about 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. That is incredible. Oh, don't get too excited. It didn't last. So that was um, that was twelve week. That was a twelve week pregnancy, my first ever pregnancy. Like I'd never oh, even man. had one oh, at, at any point. It was hard. It was there was definitely loss and grief and and difficult times, but it just made us so solid as a as a team, but also so incredibly clear that this was what we wanted. 
this yeah. became our laser focus together and it was amazing it became this incredibly strong mission and we then set about 12 months of having conception sex which as we all know is not very sexy <laughs> sex and legs up the wall yes no, leave them in the air leave them in not the air <laughs> Yeah, it gets to a point. You're like, I don't want to have sex with you. I just don't want to have sex with you today. And you're like, no, oh, you have to. Yeah, but you've got to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to look it's me in right, the eyes. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to a podcast or something while you're doing it. You don't have to be here. I'm glad, as a relationship expert, even you say that there is no way to make conception sex sexy oh, because it's, you know if you don't know the way, sex. none of us do. <laughs> I think it should be called the conception job because it's a job, yeah. isn't it? You yeah. get on your workbench and you do it. <laughs> it's a task that needs to be picked yeah. off. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. yeah, you should even wear, you know, a hard hat and work boots to make it even more appropriate because that's what it is. And it didn't work for us. So we did it for a year, you know, no breaks, just flat out for a year. And uh, nothing happened, nothing. Right. So by this point I was 41. And we thought, okay, we need we need a little bit of science here. We need the scientific intervention. So we went down the IVF road and, wow, it was such an eye-opener. You know, we started with, before IVF, doing some, um, oh, what's it called? You know, the medication that yeah, um, is it Clomid? stimulates. Clomid, yeah. We did Clomid yep. a couple of times and, um, you know, it's, it, there were good signs in that it was giving me more more egg production and so on, but it just what I learned at that point at 41 was only one in five eggs were good eggs. Right. So yeah. it, it's, it's a numbers game, you know, once, yeah. once you get to that age. And so it just made sense to do the IVF, do, do IVF so that they could actually select that one in five eggs and put that one inside rather than, you know, playing ration roulette with, you know, four eggs that are duds. So we went through the first cycle and got a good number of eggs I mean, it was hideous. You know, anyone who's been through it can tell you that. Oh, yeah. I think the cruelest part is the body is it tricks your body into thinking you're pregnant, yeah. and it just you look pregnant, you feel pregnant, you have the emotions of pregnancy, and then boom, you're not. Mm-hmm. So went through that, and there were the doctors decided to put two eggs inside me, and neither of them worked, and I was like, oh, went through all oh, of gosh. that. And boo, they just both, you know, were done. How did you feel at that point, Mel? How did you feel? Shattered, really Mm. shattered. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, the the hormonal strain is just so full on and then you're just focusing on this one result and then you get that result and boom, you know, you just feel so shattered and, you know, I was just exhausted and had nothing left to give and just felt really down. And then the next day the doctor called me and said, look, there's one other little egg that took a bit longer than the others to mature, but it's reached maturation. Do you want to put this one on ice for your next cycle? I thought, well, okay, nothing to lose. And so they waited until my next natural cycle happened and then they defrosted her, popped her in, 
and here she is seven years later. Oh, love that story. I meant to be. <laughs> so she was oh. frozen for the first, you know, seven weeks of her life. And I think that's why she loves the movie Frozen so much because she yeah, can love to be. <laughs> she She's like, I'm on it. I'm on it. That's incredible. Yeah. There, were, were there moments yeah. where you had made peace with potentially not having a child? Um, I No. I don't believe no. I did. Like after we'd had the miscarriage, I, 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 I was, tr- I was trying to. Well, we were trying to. You know, we were starting to go. We're having those conversations about okay, if we can't conceive, let's try and map out some alternative futures for us. You know, and we yeah, started yeah. having those conversations about okay, it's going to be more about travel. It's going to be more about you know those international adventures and trying to shift the focus so that, you know, there was still hope. There was still something exciting to look yeah. forward to. And as yeah. it turns out, you know, down the track, we now live this incredible, rather nomadic life where we have our baby and we still travel and have the adventures and she's part of the adventures. In fact, she drives a lot of them, you know. That's amazing. So it's turned out so well. Cool. And she yeah. came over to the UK with you, didn't she, when, yeah, you, she when did. you were filming Married at First Sight UK? Yeah, she went to school in the UK and loved it. Absolutely wow. loved it. Did she? Yeah. How long was she? Here for, how long was she at school in the UK for? Well, we were there for five months all up. We took a month right. off, and because we've got all our family in Northern Ireland and in Scotland as well, so we we did some travel. But other than that, she was at school. That's so cool that you did that. I love that. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? And let's talk about the show. Let's yeah. talk about this because Georgia, is, <laughs> yes. Georgia and I are huge, huge fans. And um, the whole concept of it is, for anybody that hasn't seen it, I mean, where have you been, firstly? But secondly, can you just explain <laughs> the concept of the show? And, and also, how do you match the yes, people together? Yes, yes, yes. I'm so okay. intrigued by this. <laughs> okay. Well, the concept was born in Denmark, actually, the 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 whole process started there and essentially it was initially it was a little sort of obdoc it was like a documentary and it was it was very quite quite serious and it was literally just can science the question that that we asked was can science match two people together and have that lead to a happily ever after that's the the premise if you like and it's now you know fast forward 10 is it 10 years I'm not sure, sure if it's quite 10 years but Fast forward down the track and we now have this grand scale experiment where we work 
a whole bunch of us as a team work behind the scenes to match the couples and then they actually meet on their wedding day. We have a full-scale wedding, bridal gown, the whole thing, family and friends. They literally meet at the altar. Oh, my God. And then they have a wedding reception. They go away to an exotic location. They have a honeymoon together. Then they move in together and they have a life together and then come and meet us and we intervene in a range of different ways and give them advice and support. And is your is your main objective to to perfectly match? Like you you uh, do you guys have a lot to do with that process? We we all have quite a bit to do with it, but but I would say that no, the the objective is not perfect matching because I don't believe that exists. What one of the really tricky but also interesting and curious things about this process is we can do all the background work we like you know we can do all the interviews we can look at personality profiling values testing um you know looking at all their beliefs about relationships and so on but what we can't predict is chemistry that's magic you know that's you can't predict that stuff We, we really we can feel confident about the potential compatibility of a couple but until they get together and physically start sharing each other's energy, who knows if they're going to click? Who knows? And so for someone like Jules and Cameron, like so for anyone listening who who doesn't know who they are, they were on Married at First Sight Australia. They got together. It was pretty smooth sailing, wasn't it? And they've got a baby now. And it's like a wonderful fairy tale. When you, you know, when you've got those two together and you think, did you think there and then, right, this is a great match or did it take you by surprise just how well they gelled? Do you know what? Fast forward to the current day, I caught up with them a week ago and we all went for a walk together and with little Ollie, the most gorgeous little thing. He's nearly one. He's nearly one now. He's not even a baby. He's a little man. And we were talking about this and they were they, they pretty much asked me the same question, you know, did you know did straight they? away? And I, I've got to say, they on paper, they didn't seem very different from other couples who I had high hopes for, you know. What what I would say about Jules and Cam is they they brought a good level of maturity to their relationship. So they'd both had, you know, relationships, situationships and travel and so on before. They came together with an open mind. I think they they both had expectations that were quite realistic and they had some flexibility. I mean, one of the key things Jules said to us was, I need a man that's taller than me because she's quite a tall woman. And along comes Cam, who's, you know, up to her armpit. <laughs> and we thought, oh, really? Oh, Is he a lot shorter than her? He's quite a bit shorter than her. Yeah. And she she came round to the idea, and I use that example a lot when I'm talking to people about, you know, expectations and deal breakers and, and just getting people to open up a little bit and go, you know, that superficial stuff is not that important because if you look at them as a couple, they're so aligned in terms of, you know, their outlook on life and their values and what's really important to them. And that's the stuff that matters. That's where compatibility is born, not through height. It's so true. And I often look at my relationship with Dawson. I'm married to the most amazing man. We come from very, very different walks of life. But what we have is this incredible goal to be great parents, but our chemistry is like 
always it always has been ever since and people say it to us like we went on a date the other night and the waiter came over and went looks like a good first date and I was like oh no we've been married <laughs> oh, like we're, to, we're together seven years and, I, and he was like we still oh, we still so bring that, that energy and like absolutely Beautiful. it doesn't work sometimes we can't communicate we're shouting and rowing sure. and all that sort of stuff but we have yeah. we have that chemistry that you spoke about it's quite hard to identify it and like you said it doesn't come you know, in a package, you know, with dark hair and dark eyes and six yeah, foot one. No, Absolutely. Yeah. You don't know. So true. You don't no, know what you get and you don't know what you're going to get. Do you often see with couples that they ask for everything and then the chemistry is the one thing that the that's, spark yeah, that's, missing. that's not there? Do you, and can you create chemistry with somebody, do you think? Yes, it, it can grow. And, and we've definitely seen examples of that. And so a big message to new couples is to give it a go, you know, to yeah. trust, you know, well, in our case, in the experiment, to trust in the process. Um, or, you know, if you're if you're using a, um, a relationship-based dating site like an eHarmony, for example, where you know there's been, you know, questionnaires done and, and matching, the matching process has actually happened, trust it, give it a chance. Because it's not measuring, you know, what colour hair you have or, you know, your, your level of um, your height or your attractiveness. It's it's measuring the stuff on the inside. Um, and I do find people these days, because of the disposable nature of dating with the swipe, 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 move on. Yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? With, with Tinder and whatever else there is, it's literally like one second, like, yes, no, yes, Gone. no. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty brutal, actually. But then beyond that, what then happens, I'm told, is people will actually finally get on a date with someone there and they'll be looking over your shoulder going, oh, is there anyone better out there? It's created this wow. sense that yeah, there's always something better out there. So if, mm. if I drop this and go on to the next one, that that one might be better as opposed to sticking here for a moment and just pausing, taking a breath with this person and getting to know them and giving this a chance. And then yeah. you chuck kids into the mix and Whoa. you talk about staying, 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 yeah. staying, staying. You know, when you're single or when you're in a couple but you don't have kids, it's so much easier, isn't it, to just go, no, nah, I'm not feeling this or, you know, yeah. move on. That's I'm be like, so true, actually. Isn't it? But with the kids, there's like this pull. There's this 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 thing that's like, no, no, we have to work our way through this. It's really painful in parts, right? Really, really painful. Gosh, there's been so many times, like Zoe said, like James and I have known each other since we were 17. We've had a few little blips along the way. And I guess we we always say that we've had different relationships throughout that time. So we're, I'm very different to, to when I was 17. He's very different to when he was 17. So we've almost like grown together. But I do sometimes think, gosh, like, you know, like if we hadn't have had children, we had children when we were like 27. I think, yeah, I think I was 27 when I had Axel. Would some of those rows caused us to just go, bye? But like you say, but if you don't and you stick at it and you work at it, then obviously, they, you know, you get through those times and you get through those rows. But um, yeah, there is something about having children that makes you really go through the motions and actually like, you know, forces you to communicate. Yes, Absolutely. I love what you're saying there, Georgia, about we've had a lot of different relationships. And I think that's really, that's a really good insight. And, and that's the way to describe, you know, most healthy relationships is you go through all these different phases. And they are like a range of different mini relationships with different 
roles, you know, you have to, and then you have to negotiate how those roles change and different rules, different boundaries, different expectations. Um, I think that's, I think that's a really good way to look at it. You know, we, we've, and, and to sort of as a couple, you know, maybe that can be a little activity people can do on date night is to go, right, let's look back at our relationship and map out which different relationships there have been and let's give give each phase a name you James know? will laugh at me and he'll go oh my god do you remember when you went through that phase and you and you was all about like you literally was just shut me down everything I did because you was on a power trip and I'm like oh yeah I do I do remember that little phase actually <laughs> so different yeah. communication uh, style yeah 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 and there's yeah. obviously something that's happened that's tipped that you know and triggered me to do that um but yeah it is really interesting but so can we just talk about married at first sight uk uh, can you see another jules and cameron in is there another jules and cameron are they can you predict a baby is there going to be a married at first sight uk baby there's a lot of questions I, in there george there's a lot of questions <laughs> there's a lot of questions in there and of course, I'm I'm going through and filtering myself as I'm saying and thinking, what can I actually say without giving away plot lines? Oh, what I yes. can say, and and remember this: this is all through the lens of me being a incredible optimist. I <laughs> I do see the best, and I have a lot of hope for couples. But I I can objectively say I do believe there are love stories in Maps UK. There absolutely are more than one. Notice I'm speaking in plural. Yes. Is there another Jules and Cam? I'm going to call it. I believe there is. Woo! Yes! (laughs) I think we just got a little insight into maybe a little exclusive. exclusive. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Yep. Okay, this is brilliant. Um, Mel, I think if we have you on any longer, we're going to try and force you to tell us all the juicy details of this series. So we'll let you go. If I keep drinking wine, I will tell you. Yeah, you'll tell us. Before we wrap up, we always like to ask our guests to share their five favourite products. Um, That could be, you know, for the kids, for you, you know, just anything that you swear by, five favourite things. Can I give you four? Can we negotiate down to four? We'll negotiate, (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a busy mum, I only have time for four. Okay, The, the first two are apps, really handy apps that you can have on your phone. The first one is more for the parent. And it's called Mood Kit. And I can send you the links for these. And this one is really to help you get out of your head and get out of those unhelpful thinking patterns. And, you know, we were talking before about, for example, when you're a new mum and your body, your relationship with your body changes and you might start having that self-talk about, you know, I'm, I'm ugly, I'm fat, all that sort of stuff. This is a really helpful app and it's based on cognitive behavioural therapy and it can help you just reframe your thinking in a much more positive way. So that's number one. Number two is also an app, but this is one that I use with Maddie at bedtime and it's called Moshi, M-O-S-H-I, and it's, do you know Moshi? Yeah, okay, so beautiful meditations and bedtime stories and I just love doing those together with her. That is just such a beautiful peaceful and positive way to end the day together and I, I love that and it's making me miss her (laughs) so much right now um number three is actually lavender oil that is something that I find so wonderful and ever in fact I actually had it in the um in the theater when I was giving birth to her for me and so it was the first thing she ever smelled when she came out but I've always put that in her bath a little drop in her bath maybe a bit on her pillow 
just that calming, that beautiful calming sense that, that it gives her and it always helped with sleep and, and feeling calm. And then I'd also like to recommend an Aussie product for mums called Moogoo. <laughs> Moo goo. Oh, yes. oh, we know it. We, we love Moo oh, goo. Know it. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yes. So good, all natural, so beautiful for the skin and the scalp, great for when the kids have nits, which we're going through a big nit phase at the moment, so that they've got a nit treatment product, about it. all natural. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that would be my four. And I would say I had to think about the greatest piece of advice, parenting advice that someone gave me, and I would say that the advice is to be kind to yourself um, and this was relevant for me just after I gave birth and I, I gave birth via cesarean. I was considered high risk because of my age and being um, IVF. But I, we had so much trouble breastfeeding together because she was slightly premature and just a little bit um, too young to have enough energy to latch on and, you know, she'd fall asleep on the boob and, you know, we just yeah. couldn't get it together. And I was so hard on myself. Oh, I was awful. I was saying things to myself like, um, you didn't give birth naturally, so you have to do this naturally. You took the yeah. easy way out with your delivery and now you've got to do it properly and not taking shortcuts and giving her formula. So, so harsh on myself. Sure. And a yeah. friend said to me, just just be kind, just be kind to yourself. And that just allowed me to just, oh, firstly exhale and then to just go, okay, mindset shift, being kind, there's no right way to do this. I'm just going to find my way and, you know, be, be kind to me. And I, I still continue that to this day. Love That's that. lovely. Mel, Thank an you. absolute treat. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you both. Ooh, who do you think is the next Jules and Cam then? It's really, really hard to tell because having been such a big fan of dating shows throughout the years, I genuinely do not think that you can predict it. Yeah, I know. No, exactly. Because there's um, there are a, few, a couple of couples on there like Taya and Adam. Yes. Um, that y- you'd think, right, it's probably going to be them. But... I always, it's, they've been together for what, like five, six weeks? Yeah. And that could essentially be like a holiday romance. Romance. Right? Mm. And that can fizzle out quite quickly. So it is difficult to work out who's going to stay together. Oh, totally. Like, we've all been on that holiday romance where we thought, like, Ray from Wrexham was like the one. And then we've got home Ray and we're like, don't call, call me again. <laughs> I shout out to Ray from Wrexham for my oh, Fort Aventura no, no. romance when I was 15. <laughs> Oh, God. That Brilliant. Made me I thought you were going to go for something really exotic. Like, I don't know. Well, more exotic than Ray from Wrexham. Well, anyway, listen. Hi, Ray. How are you? He was really cute. Okay. And I think he had Italian in him, in him anyway. So, all good. Anyway. Um, yeah, Mel. Thank you to Mel. Obviously, chatting to us from Sydney as well. So, she's uh, she's taking time out to have a conversation with us around that. And, like, I feel like even though she didn't want to give us an exclusive, I felt like we might have had a little insight into what's going on for the rest of the series there. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, let us know what your predictions are. And yes. you can always drop us a message. We're on at Made by Mamas or on Zoe's channel at Zoe Hartman. Yes. Um, and as always, we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and follow the podcast. That just kind of helps us spread the Made by Mamas podcast word, which is what we're trying to do. And Georgia and I love, love, love seeing your photos, don't we, G? Yes, please do. Please tag us in them and then we'll share them. We've actually been a bit quiet on that um, for the last few weeks. So please keep sending them in and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production. 
Insanity Group. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 